0: Everyone else sends their love to Jenny. This week I said, Lord, what do I pray about? I find it's a really helpful thing to do and the word came was wisdom. You know how much wisdom we need, that constant struggle that the Apostle Paul talked about was the flesh and the the spirit just always constantly at each other within us. So we so need wisdom. So that's the topic of this prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning recognizing our need of your wisdom. When we make it a habit to know you and practice wisdom and to honor you, we find that life makes sense. As your people living in a fallen world, we are faced with many challenges. In our homes, businesses and relationships, we ask for your wisdom. Show us if there is anything that we may be doing to cause the problem or should be doing to resolve it. Father, when you reveal the answers to our heart, give us courage to act on it. We need your direction in our lives. Your word tells us that getting wisdom is the wisest thing we can do. It also tells us to develop good judgment, which comes from your wise counsel. We understand that wisdom is simply knowing what you say about a particular thing. All wisdom is found in your word. Give us a new and refreshed hunger for more of your word. Help us to tune in and hear the gentle voice of your Holy Spirit. Father, you are the source of all wisdom. We give you praise and say thank you. As your children, we are so blessed. We do not need to stumble around in the dark trying to make our own decisions. You are our guide, how blessed we are. You are our ever-present help in times of trouble. When we seek your face, you never turn away. Thank you that we can have your wisdom in this fallen world that presents us with so many challenges. Thank you that all we have in you is available to us through the cross of your dear Son. And in his name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would just like to read a few verses from Proverbs because I think it's very fitting. It tells us the benefits of wisdom. It says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver, seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just and fair and you will have the, find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe.
1: Thank you, Willie. Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to see you. My name is uh, Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre, I see a number of, of new faces uh, amongst us today, so welcome. I just want to say I hope you feel uh, encouraged, I hope you feel a sense of uh, community uh, as we gather together as a, as a called sense of believers, called together uh, in unity in Christ uh, to come together in fellowship. So welcome to you. Welcome to you online if you are watching this also for the first time or if you've been... Uh, gathering around our online service as well. We just want to make you feel welcome at home and that you are a part of all that we are doing here uh, today. Um, Now, you might have to put up with my my voice this morning. It's starting to go. So if I I cough and croak, you'll just have to put up with that. But I think we can do that. And happy birthday to Kathy. It's wonderful that you're here today. Uh, Birthday on a Sunday and you're here. And It was my birthday last week. And... uh, I, c- I claimed someone said that I'll turn forty, so I claimed that Kathy. So maybe you might be able to claim part of that blessing as well. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. Um, <clears throat> now, before I just get started this morning, um, I just wanted to just make mention uh, what, what's happening in our world at the moment, as um, you might have heard on the news, a, a new strain of uh, coronavirus has, has potentially been discovered, and and what uh, that might bring up in us in terms of perhaps there's, there's fear uh, over what that might mean for us as a community. Um, borders are opening up. That might bring about fear as well. Now, fear is a, a debilitating emotion. Uh, it can cripple us. And so I just want to acknowledge that uh, for many of us, there there is a sense of unknown and, and fear, and, and I'm uh, part of that and, and experiencing that too. So I just want to just... Uh, say, if you um, need help or if you are just longing for someone to get around you and support you, uh, particularly in this time, whether it be that or anything else, uh, we want to be a community that support and uphold one another, to pray for one another, to speak words of life uh, into one another's situations. That's what uh, the benefit is of being part of a community, being part of a fellowship. And so uh, if that is you, please reach out uh, to us as a church Uh, You can can contact me, you can contact anyone on our leadership team or the partial care team. We'd just love to just get alongside you and support you. Uh, Speaking of which, it is great to see John and Denise Callis with us this morning. you have been off for a while uh, with with sickness and it's just, I I saw you walk in and my my heart just uh, jumped with joy to see you guys uh, part of our fellowship again this morning. So welcome to you. So this morning, who knows what... This Sunday is in the Christian calendar. Anyone? <laughs> up the back. Advent. It's the first Sunday in Advent in, in the Christian calendar. Advent uh, comes from the Latin word which means coming. And around Advent, the four weeks uh, leading up to Christmas. Uh, became part of the tradition of the early church, and it had two parts to it in this sense of coming. One was looking back at the coming of Christ uh, into our world, uh, God as man, Emmanuel, come to be with us, and and there's a, there was a sense of anticipation and excitement uh, looking forward to this moment when when what had been prophesied would come about and be part of uh, the reality of, of our lives. So Jesus was was promised, uh, he was prophesied about, and so the people had this longing in their hearts. They had this sense of anticipation, this sense of something's going to happen and it's going to be good. And we can too have that same sense in our hearts as we look forward to and anticipate and celebrate the coming of Christ as a, as a man with us, Emmanuel. So there was 400 years between the Old Testament stopping and the voice of God being declared where the people waited and waited and waited and waited and they were longing for the coming of Christ. And so, Advent, we celebrate the fact that Jesus did come. But there's also a second part of it, which we often don't talk about, which is there is another coming, that Jesus is coming again. And in the same way that those people longed for and anticipated uh, Christ's coming, we too, as, as his people, uh, as those who've been drawn up into his kingdom, and into his church, we are longing for and anticipating and seeking and, and longing for that day when he comes again in glory. Uh, to bring about all those who call him his own. And so uh, I have got... So for the next four weeks, we're, we've got a, a, a preaching series called Come and See. We've got the wrong one up there. <laughs> we, we had a problem with it this morning and I, I did the wrong one, sorry. It's supposed to say King of Kings there. You've, you've got a, a sneak preview as to what's to come. Um but come and see. Now, this phrase was uh, used in the Christmas story as, as the angels declared to the shepherds uh, what, what had happened in Bethlehem. Uh, the, the shepherds were amazed and, and they said to each other, Let's come and see. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's, Rather than just being told and, and being said what has happened, let's come and experience it ourselves. Let's come and behold him. Let us come and, and see not only with our eyes, but with our hearts. Let's, let's, um, let's um, understand what is going on here. It's not just about seeing, but it's about understanding. So let us come and see. The next four weeks, we're going to be coming and seeing in the Christmas story the names of Christ and unpacking what the names of Christ are. Now, normally in Advent, we'd be talking about the themes of love, joy, uh, peace and hope. Uh, This year, we're going to be looking at the names that were given to Christ in the Christmas story. And this morning, we're looking at, not the Son of God, but the King of Kings. I don't know if you noticed this morning, in all the songs that we sang, we mentioned King of Kings, because it's so easy isn't it, as we come to Christmas to be wrapped up, that was a joke, Uh, in, actually Joe, Joe said that joke to me this, this, this week, and I thought, I'll I'll put it out there, and if it doesn't go well, I'll just mention that it was Joe's joke, (laughs) it is easy, (laughs) it is easy to become wrapped up, in all of the trimmings and tinsel and wrappings and, and stuff of Christmas and, and, and it just go by and it just be another year that go by. Let us not do that this year. Let us be coming and seeing. Let us again be wowed by this story and what it means for you and I as we live uh, in this day and age. So, the King of Kings. Just want to read to you from Uh, Matthew's Gospel from chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, so that is so the Roman authorities were there, but the the uh, the Jewish leaders were still all part of the community. He called them to him to sort of find out what's going on here. And teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Now it prophesied in the in the Old Testament in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, "For this is what the prophet has written." They return to their country via another route. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of the Christmas story and I look at the Christmas cards and the the nativity scenes, I don't think, first and foremost, about Jesus as a king. Uh, I don't think I'm alone there. In fact, I think in our Australian society, we struggle with probably the concept of a king because we haven't lived... Uh, that way as a society whereas the Old Testament people knew what it was to live uh, with with kings. In fact when when Jesus first when, when God first called the the people of, of Israel together and said I'll be your God and you'll be my people and, and, and you won't have any other gods before me but the people said we want to be like the people of the other nations. We want a king. We want to be like them and God said no it's not a good idea. Uh, why? Because kings uh, are selfish uh, kings will, will bring you down and you'll, you'll be looking to the king rather than, than looking to me but the people wanted a king and they had disastrous king after disastrous king and it pulled them down as a, as a nation to the point where they were, they were exiled because of it but the, the, the Jewish people knew what a, what a king was they knew what kingdoms were whereas us uh, in Australia I don't think we, we, we think like that. We have our monarchy, we, you know, we are part of the commonwealth, but the, the queen is, is, is over in England and we don't really think about it much here. In fact, there was a, a family feud uh, contest and the question was asked, in who are we referring to when we mention the king? And this was the answer. <laughs> Only seven people out of a hundred considered Jesus or God as king. Everyone else thought they were talking about Elvis Presley. In fact, even if we look at the story, when Jesus was first coming and talking to the people and calling the first disciples... Um, they went to Nathanael and they said come and see there was that phrase again come and see we've found Jesus we've we found the one it's Jesus of Nazareth and and Nathanael's response was Nazareth what good can come out of Nazareth as if as if that's any any good so we think about the Christmas story as this this little baby um, and and it's beautiful and it's silent night and there's there's no noise and it's Pristine, which isn't what would have happened, by the way. (laughs) It would have been noisy and smelly and a pretty horrific place, really. But that was where this king was born. Last week, the kids uh, did Cecil the sheep, if you were here. It was a great story where they they thought of a king as being in a palace. A king as being high and mighty with with dresses and and adornments and, and things. But no, he was born in a stable. This is the king that we're talking about. In 1 Timothy 6, Paul says to his uh, protege, For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and the only almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I think it's really interesting that he says just at the right time. What is that right time? Uh, Many would say it was just the the time when the the message was able to get out because of the peace that was uh, evident in Rome, the roads and the soldiers. I wonder if just the the right time was the time that a star could appear in the sky and, and magi from the east could see it. It waited for just the right time for not only the people that were there, but for the people that included you and me from all walks of life could come and worship him. In Revelations it says, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True, describing Jesus. Later on in verse 16, On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And when Jesus is uh, in front of Pilate, and he's on trial just before his execution. We have this great dialogue with Jesus and Pilate where, where Pilate says, are you a king? You know, Is this your, your title? And Jesus says, well, it's as you say. But he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. Because part of his kingship was and always was to give himself up for salvation. So if his kingdom was about coming and taking on the Romans, coming and establishing himself just like an an earthly king, would miss out on the beauty of his kingship and his kingdom. My kingdom is not from this world. Now, as we, we think about Jesus as the king of kings and how different he is from our understanding of perhaps earthly kings that we've seen in our lives or kings of the Bible, uh, it's really easy to see that Jesus is distinct and unique in his kingship. He's very different from every other king that we've ever seen or experienced. In fact, uh, S.M. Lockridge, who was a preacher in uh, in, in America... Uh, He died in the year 2000 and they discovered a lot of his uh, sound recordings of some of his sermons. Now, I've used this clip before, so some of you might have seen it, but I absolutely love it. And as I was thinking about Jesus as King of Kings, I thought, I've just got to show this clip because it shows how Jesus is King, how he is Lord, how he is distinct from every other King we've ever experienced. And then I'm going to unpack that. And we're going to continue with the sermon. So have a a look at this.
2: The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I, I wonder, do you know him? <laughs> my king is a sovereign king. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially. Powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the miracle of the age. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors he delivers the captives he defends the feeble he blesses the young he serves the unfortunate he regards the age he rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meager i wonder if you know him well he's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold, his promise is sure his life is matchless his goodness is limitless his mercy is everlasting his love never changes his word is enough his grace is sufficient his reign is righteous and his yoke is easy and his burden is lighter i wish i could describe him to you he's invincible he's irresistible well you can't Out of your mind. You can't. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's Marky.
1: amazing uh passage of a sermon in fact as i was watching it this week i was like maybe i should just play that and sit down <laughs> uh it's in- incredible uh, sorry about the buffering uh, i might um might post that on our together uh group on facebook if you if you want to uh, have a look at that again but um jesus turned upside down our understanding of what a king is in that uh, clip uh, he kept saying do you know him you see he didn't just simply declare who jesus was but he was implying and he kept encouraging that this king isn't just a king that is talked about but this king can be personally known this king can be personally known you know, there is a difference between knowing about someone and actually knowing them, isn't there? We we'll talked about the Queen before. I, I can know about the Queen. I can watch a really good uh, Netflix series uh, called The Crown. Some of it might be true, some of it might not be true. <laughs> and I can discover things about the Queen. But I wouldn't know the Queen. Prince Philip, wouldn't he? know the queen. He'd know her sense of humour, uh, what she likes to eat, uh, what her fears are, what her hopes are, uh, the things that she, she loves to, to cherish. That's because he knows her intimately. And this King Jesus wants to be known like that, not just known about, but to be personally known. I wonder, do you know him? Do you know him like that? Philippians 3 says, I can, this is Paul, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. I wonder, do you know him? And in John 10, Jesus himself says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep, they know me. So as we think about and picture in our minds kings and queens of ages past, uh, I, I was uh, blessed to be able to go to England uh, with Joe when, when Skylar was 10 months old. And we went to Buckingham Palace. And uh, there at Buckingham Palace, there's these massive, huge gold gates, uh, if, you've, if you've been there. And if you look at the, the television news, whenever the, the, the royalty are presented, they're up high on a balcony. And there's, there's security guards in the way of the gate. And then there's the people all behind this barrier. And it's a picture of being unable to, to enter the presence of or be able to be uh, known by royalty. There's this gap. There's this distance. You've got to get your binoculars out to sort of see them. But this king didn't have a gap, didn't have a barrier in our way, but he came down from heaven to be with you and I. He walked our, our lives. He ate and he drank uh, not just with those who are important, but with those who are lowly, those who are outcast. Some of us might think, oh, I'm not good enough uh, for, for the king to pay attention to me. This king came to be with you. He wants to know you so intimately, more than you even know yourself. So this, this king can be known. In fact he says, I call you my brothers and sisters, he said. Not just high and mighty, out up there, unable to be touched, but someone who came amongst us and wants to be known. I wonder, do you know him? So don't let this Christmas come by and go just like royalty would go past in a carriage. And you'd see them, and then next year you wait for them to go past again. Let's come and see this king this Christmas. And see that carriage stopped, and he'd come out, and he'd get past the security guards, and he'd get over the barrier, and he'd put his arm around you and say, Hey, I know you, I love you, and I want to be in a relationship with you. This is the Jesus king that is described in Scripture. second way that Jesus as kingship is distinct is that his kingdom will never end. In, uh, when the angel came to Mary and described what was going to, to happen for Mary, uh, this is what the angel said, you will conceive birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Forever and ever. The hand was Messiah, I'm just singing there. Uh, the hallelujah chorus, and he shall reign forever and ever. It's the declaration that Jesus' kingship doesn't come and go like earthly kings, Jesus is king. And he, he was king, and he is king, and he's going to be king forever and ever. And his kingdom will never end. If we look at the kingdoms that had come and gone uh, in, in, in biblical times, the Babylonians rose up and thought they were going to take over the world. The Assyrians did the same thing. And the Romans that were occupying uh, at the time of Christ's birth, they thought they were going to be the king, that w- the kingdom that was going to reign forever. But even the mighty Roman kingdom fell. See, kingdoms come and kingdoms go, but his kingdom reigns forever. It makes you wonder about today, doesn't it? What kingdoms we're setting up, what people are trying to rise up to wrestle to take hold of power. That was the problem with the kings of the Old Testament. They they wanted the, the, the kingship for their own power, for their own sake. And so there would be the, this sense of trying to take down the king so that they could be king and then that king would try and take down the king so they could be king and kings would come and go and there would be fighting and wrestling for power not so with Jesus Jesus' kingship will reign forever there's this famous uh, picture I-, I found just as I was googling and looking at kings uh, I don't know if you've seen this picture, but this uh, is a famous picture and it's at Windsor Castle and it's the funeral of um, of King Edward VII in 1910. And what's famous about this photograph is that we have nine kings from different countries all in the same space at one time. Was, I think they were saying it was the only time that's ever happened in history. So we have kings from... Norway, from Bulgaria, from Portugal, from Germany, from the Belgians, from Spain, from the United Kingdom, and from Denmark, here all situated. Now what's interesting about this photo is that out of these kings, four of them would be deposed and one would be assassinated. So their kingship did not last. What's even more interesting is that five of these kings represent a monarchy that no longer even exists. They they were king for a time, but now even their countries don't even have that monarchy that doesn't even exist anymore. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go, but Jesus will last forever. And so if we were to pick a king to back, if we were to pick a winner... We were to pick a team to be on wouldn't we want to be part of a team that had a leader a king that was going to be there forever and ever didn't have to worry about being deposed about being uh, taken down he's stronger than anything that would ever come against him in fact satan has tried to win but has been defeated as jesus the king was raised for life and defeated death forever And now he reigns with God in glory. And we, one day, the second coming will be swept up with him into his kingdom. And there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. What an amazing kingdom to be part of. I want to be part of that kingdom, not a kingdom that's going to be fighting, struggling for power. Third thing that makes Jesus different is that this king is for you. The kings of ages gone past, earthly kings, human kings, you can say are pretty much for themselves. They use their power, their position to bring about what they want, to bring about uh, things for themselves, to have servants to serve them, to, to make their kingdom bigger and more powerful. But Jesus says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the whole point of the incarnation, of the Christmas story, was that this king did not come to serve himself, to make his name great, but he came to give up his life for you, that you might find freedom and forgiveness of sins through his death and resurrection. And one of my most (laughs) favourite passages of scripture. I often bring this up. Philippians two. This this is the kind of king that Jesus is. Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. So Jesus always was with the Father, and he enjoyed his kingship, his throne, his glory his position, but he gave that up. And he didn't consider his, his beauty, his crown, his position, something to hold on to, to have as his own advantage, but he let that go and he came as a human being, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. He humbled himself. How many humble kings can you say there have ever been in history? If we look at, at scripture, the, the, the most highlighted, the most celebrated king would be King David. He is held up as the, the poster boy of kingship uh, for the Jewish people. And he was a man after God's own heart. But even King David had his faults. Even King David at times did things to please himself and and to use his power to hurt someone else in order to get something for him. But not so with Jesus. In Jesus we see a perfect man, a sinless man, a man who is for you and not for himself, a man who is a king who laid down his glory in order that you might live. We sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Mild he lays his glory by. He laid his glory aside. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that we no more may die. What what an amazing king this is. He gave it all away. So Jesus is very different. What a beautiful king he is. I wonder, do you know him? In that thing, it was buffering at the time. But he said, I wish I could describe him for you. (laughs) He was doing a pretty good job of describing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I've just brought out three distinctives. There are many more that we could talk about and bring about. But I just want to end by asking, how do we respond how should we respond to Jesus as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords? It's an interesting question, and it's one that I want to personalise to you this morning. I, wrote, I read from uh, Matthew's Gospel, and I, we talked about the Magi this morning, because I want to talk about that story. Because in that story, there were three different responses. or well, there was two, and there was one that was implied. And I find it interesting that these three responses are the exact same responses that we see in our world today. The responses to Jesus being born as a king in Bethlehem that first Christmas morning, there were three responses that we see in the story. And those three responses we see uh, not only in our world, but sometimes even in our churches. And the first response was, we want to oppose him. This was King Herod's response. There was a threat to King Herod's kingship if this is a king, the people are going to want him to be king and that's going to put a threat to my kingship therefore I need to get rid of him therefore I want nothing to do with him in fact he then ordered uh, for all the, the young boys under the age of two to, to be killed in order to, to oppose him to get rid of him and this is this is a response to Christmas and to Jesus that, that we see, you just turn on your TV, uh, look at Q&A or, or some sort of show that, 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 that talks about the, the, the thoughts in our society at the moment. And there is a lot of uh, opposition to Jesus as the Lord of Lords and as the King of Kings. We just want to get rid of it. Nah, not for me. Not only is it not for me, but it's wrong and I want to just tear it down. Now, hopefully no one here is having that sort of (laughs) response. You might have had a response like that in your life, but then have come to know the graciousness of of our king and his love for you, and and you've come to respond to him in a different way. Now, the second thing is the thing that I, I implied, is that there is a disregard for him. Now, the religious leaders aren't mentioned here in this passage of Scripture, but the shepherds go and they find... That this person, the the Magi go and they find Jesus, and news spreads throughout the town. There is talk. This is the Messiah who's been born in Bethlehem. Now, that talk would have reached the religious leaders. And the religious leaders were the ones who studied the Old Testament and the scriptures and the prophecies. And they knew that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem, they knew that he was going to be born of a virgin. And, And here's news of this being born of a uh, coming true. Where are the priests? Where are the religious leaders? They're not even present. They're disregarding that, eh, nah. Can't be right. Not for me. And this is a response that we see not only in the world, but sometimes in our churches. Oh, yeah, same same old this year. Oh, yeah, Christmas, yeah, Jesus is born, yeah, blah, 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 blah. blah. Or it might be a, hey, that's good for you, but don't let your sort of thing impact on me. Like the religious leaders, yeah, yeah, over there. There's this just this disregard. Might be right for you, but it's not right for me. Whatever floats your boat, but don't let it impact me. Don't let the the beauty and the majesty of the truth of this story actually do anything to me and my life I'll just disregard it perhaps some of us are leaning that way this Christmas as we come at the end of a crazy year and Christmas is just another thing to get through maybe we need to come and see again this Christmas who this king is who this Jesus is and to not disregard what it actually means for your life, for Jesus to come and to lay himself down, that you might have freedom and hope and joy and peace, those other themes of Advent. And then, of course, the third response is worship. This is what we saw in the Magi, in the wise men from the East. I often think it's pretty funny that God would use pagans from another land to come and show people what the proper response is. (laughs) They understood what it meant to bow down and to worship him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. What was their posture towards this king? Was to simply come in a, in a posture of awe, of reverence, that this is an amazing man. And I want to thank him and be grateful for all that he is going to do to redeem his people forever and establish a kingdom that will never perish. That all those who call on the name of him will be saved not because of their own doing, not because of their own might, but because of his grace, that he would give up his glory in heaven and come be one of us in order to take our place to die on that cross. That's what it means to come before that man and worship him. They worshipped him. You see, in all past kings, there's this phrase of like, God save the king, or God save the queen, or um, we have to sacrifice ourselves for the king. Like, we, we lay ourselves down. Like you saw that in battles. For the king, I'll sacrifice myself for him. Jesus turns that around, and as the king, he sacrifices himself for you and for me. And that's what the whole story of Christmas is about. The start of his journey to the cross. I'm going to invite the music team up. As as we think about those three responses, ask yourself where you are this Christmas. Is Jesus just a king in a carriage passing by? Is the story to be disregarded? Yeah, yeah. Or do we need to again come and comprehend, come and see? Come with thanksgiving, come with a sense of awe and reverence to our king who was born in a stable in the mutt in the mire, in the smell, in order that he might give himself up for you. Let's not oppose him. Let's not disregard him this Christmas. Let's again come and see and let us worship him. I want us to finish by having an opportunity to be like those wise men they not only worshipped him but they offered gifts might we offer ourselves as living sacrifices as, in, as our worship to the king this morning we're going to sing a couple of songs and I really encourage you perhaps close your eyes you might want to come and kneel you might want to lift your hands as a as a symbol of offering yourself would you come and worship the king of kings this morning and as we sing I just want to pray that this king who is distinct and unique from any other king we've ever seen would come and he would just make himself known to you and that you would know him this morning like you've never known him before that his touch would be real that he wouldn't just be a concept in the air, but he'd come and do a work in your hearts. So, Lord, we just pray that as we sing now, as we declare with our tongue that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord, that they won't just be words that are put out there into the air, but with our heart of hearts, we would declare and worship you as a distinct and unique king who can be known who has drawn up us into your kingdom and, and is a king who is for us. Lord if there is any barrier, if there's any security guard or gate in the way, Lord would you remove that this morning? Would we see you Jesus, as coming out of that carriage, coming home to dine and eat with us, that we might know you and that you might know us. Come, King Jesus. Make yourself known this morning as we sing. I'd invite you to to either stay seated, but as we sing about a king, you might not want to stay seated. Would you come this morning and worship the King of Kings? Praise forever, praise forever to the king of kings. Praise forever to the king
3: of kings. Well, thank you Sam. Really um That was just wonderful, thinking about who Jesus is once again. And uh, we look forward to the lead-up to Christmas and focusing really on who He is, and that makes all the difference in our lives. Just a reminder that we always do have people in the prayer room after church if you'd like someone to talk to and to pray with to support you. So feel free to go there. One other thing, please feel free to take some of these little flyers uh, out near the front door. This is about our... um, christmas service on the 19th of december so you can hand these to friends and family or neighbors somebody you'd like to invite along to that service and it does include lunch as well so it includes lunch nativity play carols it should be a wonderful morning to invite some uh, friends and family and, and other people as well also don't forget to buy a raffle ticket for the goods down here and uh, and thanks we pray you have a wonderful day and god bless